0: fires over the middle, and it is intercepted. Mikey St. will going the other way. 20, 25, 30. Mikey St. to the 40, to the 50. Mikey St. Ristol down the field. Inside the 20. Cuts back inside at the 10.
1: And he's dragged down at the Washington 6-yard line.
2: That was the call from last night. The Michigan Wolverines punished Washington in the first half. With the ground game, then they punished Michael Penix in the second half with shots all over the place. And Jim Harbaugh has his national championship at his alma mater. 34-13 Wolverines, and this thing was pretty much Michigan in control throughout.
3: Yeah, I mean, as exciting as the Michael Penix-Washington offense was and everything else, like we've seen over the last couple years that The LSU model that that won them the title in 2019 is really hard to replicate, even still. Uh, And and even with that, LSU still had to put together a better defense than they had had in years past in order to have the success that they finally did. And so, uh, you know, this is about Michigan being the best defensive team in the country and the most physical football team in the country and Washington just not being able to handle it, particularly in the trenches.
2: And Dame Brugler had pointed out Washington's defense ranked 122nd In first downs allowed, Michigan will have no trouble chewing clock and moving the ball, and they didn't. Running for 200 yards in the first half, they had Penix off balance throughout the entire night, and Michigan with J.J. McCarthy, at quarterback, Mm -hmm. ends up winning it all. How many? What was their rank on defense? 122nd in the FBS in first downs
0: allowed per so game there's only 133 teams yeah it's pretty low <laughs> it's pretty low It. uh yeah they they especially early on like there was a, the, the two touchdown runs were like they were both broken tackles like you know like uh the, the edwards was like behind the line of scrimmage like obviously they didn't see him and then bam he's gone the gaping holes yeah uh especially early on and then they figured things out and they started to stun a little bit and um, you know, you would see them look like they were, they were going to bring six or seven and then drop a couple guys in coverage. That one pass break on I mean, that fourth down play, that was tr- uh, that by Washington. That was a tremendous play by the linebacker just to, I mean, sprint right out there. You know, and then Michigan, they got that 17-3 lead, and it's almost like they went for two quarters. They were like, hey, we're just going to sit on this thing. They ain't going to come back on us. Here we go. We're going to run the ball. We're going to play a little Mustang defense on you, and then, you know, good luck. And Washington just never – they had their chances. Like, Washington had their chances. They were down. They made it 17-10, which was, like, a, a huge win. And they're getting the ball back. And they held Michigan on, like, then to get three points in the next four possessions. Like, there's, they had their chances. We've talked about so-so football on all levels
2: this year. At the end of all this, good, great, average college football season.
0: Oh, it was a pretty good one because you had so many teams that were involved. Uh, now we're talking about the the play versus the entertainment value because you had seven teams legitimately going into that uh, selection Sunday. we were like, okay, we didn't know. There was a lot of intrigue. Go there, there's there's never been this much intrigue going into a selection show. Yeah, even for the
2: tournament, but for the whole regular season, to me, it was it was eh. because. Yeah. Alabama wasn't Alabama. You didn't have your greatness there. Uh, it was fun locally with Texas. AM, my mind goes locally first. You know, Georgia had a very, very nice season, you know, with a no-name quarterback to start off. What were they gonna be? Michigan plays boring football to me. I don't care about Ohio State. You get annoyed by Ryan Day and his beard just like everybody else. And that's how that's how it felt for me overall. You know, Washington and Oregon, really good teams, but as we talked about with Sandler yesterday, that Pac twelve Nobody cares because you play You're at 10 o'clock at you, night. You, you play at 10 o'clock at night, and then Caleb Williams, the number one pick with USC, completely falling apart. Yeah,
3: and Georgia wasn't Georgia the way that they've been in past years. Like they they, they just didn't have the same team. Even if they would have beat Alabama and gone undefeated, they didn't have the same team. I and do, I will
2: I, say that, just so you know, I will say that also
3: about this NFL season when it's all said yeah, and done. I, I, I do think Michigan's a great team. Like I think, I think Michigan showed throughout the season that they are a great team. I think they are one of those teams that they could have contended in a, a year where there were really great teams. They've really, got, they,
2: uh, you're Michi- not saying like an all-time great.
3: team. No, but I do think they're a great team. Like as a single standalone, like hey, was that a great team? Yes, and they're gonna they they very well could set the record in April for most picks in an NFL draft. They've got a lot of NFL players on wow. the team, and the fact that they were able to weather the loss of Mozzie Smith is just really <laughs> yeah, do is really the thing that I look at, and I go, Jim Harbaugh, hell of a job right there. Jerry
2: Jones is coming up live at 8.30 this morning, and apparently Clarence really? Hill uh, saying that he's going to clarify Mike McCarthy's status with us coming up in 25 minutes. Two all-time boxes, all-time great boxes. I was going to start with the Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter one, but in the commercial break, you reminded me it's your boxes that you put together where some people think that the fix is in.
0: People think the fix is in? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know how they would think that. I've I put never
2: a... heard this ever before happening in the history of sports boxes.
0: I've won two of them before. I've never. I won the first and the last. I've never won three. So I did my Super Bowl uh,
3: Super National Championship Squares game fundraiser for my kids' baseball team. Also something I'm not allowed to play. You can't really? Do that. NFL Network doesn't let us play the squares games. Well, either. you
0: know they would never find out. Put your name uh, in my thing under. Uh, Excuse Russell. me. Okay. Um, but yeah. I did it all online. I mean, I, I videoed uh, the selection process. So all. It was all there. It was all. It was taking uh, numbers. This one guy won three quarters. He won the first quarter, the second quarter, and the final. Now, did he pick those, or he just got them randomly selected? So you just do the, the box. Yeah. So the bo- It's a blank box, right? Yeah. There's no numbers in the box and you just randomly input them. And he won
2: 3 of the 4 quarters.
0: How much money was that? Uh, he he won 100 bucks for the first quarter, 100 for the second, then 200 for the for the final score. Damn. So, he Yeah, but, Tolo Chris Navarre. he was he was not happy. Well, he was I blown mean, you away. Know, my, my suggestion to Chris would be for the Super Bowl, buy more squares. <laughs> yeah, or that's, not play. Cuz that's what this guy did. He bought more. You know, he bought more squares, but he bought like 10. Mm. You know, Chris only bought 5, you know, be
3: better. Dude, I, you know? I how how could the fix be in on that though? Is I is, I, I don't understand. I now I will tell I'm you I'm just joking. No, no, no. But I'm t- Jesus. I I genuinely went <laughs> about him. He died for your sins. <laughs> I will tell you one of the things that I I had happened was recently when we did the Noah's Fine watches and jewelry remote where the uh the, the Broncos given away, there were several people like eyeing me that one of the Tolos who walked up and was like, Bobby, great to see you. I was like, hey, good to see you. The first name we drew was his, and there were Starting to be some angry Tolos who thought that I had uh, cooked the books on pulling names out of that. The
2: box that I would like to talk about, though, this may be the all-time greatest sports viewing box that there's ever been. Michael Jordan last night. Derek Jeter. Stephen A. Smith. Travis Scott. I think the announcer said Dez was in there somewhere. And... This uh, combined net worth, according to like the Business Insiders people,
0: I think it was 3.5 bill. It's three point, yeah, they say 3.5. 3.5 billy in that box. The best meme I saw was, this is the varsity showing up to watch the JV game.
2: <laughs> right. no,
0: the, the best comment was, and it's true, Derek
2: Jeter wanted nothing to do with Stephen A. Smith. Go watch the replay of this. Stephen A. is standing in the middle of Jordan and Jeter and he gives the hand out. You can see me on the fan cam. This is my hand. Uh, he gives the hand out to Jeter. <laughs> Jeter, like, stares at him for a stone cold two seconds. And then was like, okay, fine. I'll give you this handshake. I'll give it to you.
3: Oh, it was ice cold from... From DJ, is there any potential that it's like a uh, There's Stephen A with his
2: high school jackets, his high school varsity jackets that he continues to try to rock. Is,
3: is there any chance that that's like a, a moment between like friends of like a cold stare of like this is the first time I've seen you since? Right. So like, like is, there, is there any levity to it at all, or does it just had look to totally be. who knows?
2: Right, had to be right, unless Derek Jeter just thinks he's this trolling clown. There's actually an ESPN logo on Steve. This is so lame. There's an ESPN logo on Steven's jacket. It says, I think, yeah, the worldwide, worldwide
0: leader in sports.
2: What? PF the letters. But there's MJ, Steven A. in the middle, and Derek
0: Jeter being like, okay. I don't know. It's a great stare. It is. I, I'm, I'm trying to see. I, I I couldn't figure out anybody else. A couple of these guys look semi-familiar, but I can't figure out who the heck else is in this thing. I, I don't see Dez at all. No, I don't see Dez. uh you were wrong about Tom Brady being in there. Oh no, no, I know. I said it looked like. No, no, Tom Bobby Brady? was wrong. I didn't oh. say Tom Brady was in there. Did you say? No, I, I texted. Or you were wrong about it. I said, man. That, so the, there's a, the guy in the top left corner. I was like, that looks like it could be Tom Brady. Brady behind the, uh, the, the, the. Yeah, Brian say what Jordan. you said. At the Clarence Hill wannabe <laughs> with the hat. With the hat, <laughs> Clarence wears that little hat. Yeah, I was like, man, that could be TB12. So was the,
2: there's the uh, all-time great sports box, and then I went down. Uh, Michael Jordan rabbit hole with people commenting about MJ. (sighs) Don't ever read about your heroes, y'all. Don't ever read about your heroes with the all-time jerk that he's supposed to be. Disappointing. (sighs) Jerry Jones, live at 8.30 this morning. But an NBA insider has some ideas on what the Mavericks may be thinking to help out Luka and Kyrie and the explosion of Fort Worth update next. Jerry Jones coming up live at 8.30. Clarence Hill says he's going to clarify Mike McCarthy's status. We'll celebrate the NFC East Championship and preview the Packers as well. On your home of the NFC East Champs, I'm Sean Trief alongside RJ Choppy and our Cowboys insider Bobby Belt. But the Dallas Mavericks are going to be the first team to benefit from the John Morant news. Yesterday, it was announced John Morant is out for the season with a shoulder injury, and it's going to be the Mavs against Memphis tonight. So, good for the Mavs in the short term, good for the Mavs in the long term. And speaking of long term, here's Sham Sharania with what the Mavs may be thinking in order to help out Luka and Kyrie. From what I'm told, they're prioritizing getting a Mm. four-man, so a power forward, a guy that can come in there in the front court defend, guard multiple positions. Siakam? They, they, they've looked into Pascal Siakam. They've go. looked into Jeremy Grant. I think their sense is both of their price tags might be a little too steep. But I expect them, they're going to canvas the league, they're going to look around the league to see which fours can be available. They're trying to bring in a player hmm. in that front court to, to pair with Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. I mean, when those two guys are healthy and they're on, you know, It's crazy. When one of those guys is out, the big thing around that organization is we're not going to rush them back because we know we need both of them 100% healthy because if both of them are 100% healthy, they feel like they have a legitimate chance in any game. It's when one is off. If one is not healthy, that throws off the entire uh, course of of their playing style. So both Siakam and Grant are 29 years old and their numbers are pretty similar. Uh, Siakam is a little bit better across the board, but... Both of them average twenty-two points a game. Siakam is twenty-two six and five, shooting fifty-two percent. Jeremy Grant, one of the only reasons to pay attention to the Blazers, is twenty-two three and two, shooting forty-six percent. Uh, so Siakam's numbers better across the board, but the price tag is going to be high. But that's Shams saying the Mavs are looking for help in the front court.
0: You're looking to pair. Anyone with a, a a warm body that's actually productive with two elite players. This is the third. You, you, need a, you need to have a really good third. You really need to have a good fourth. And if you can get somebody in the front court that can help that out and give you some scoring down there, I mean, that's all the better. Those two guys at the top, I mean, they are going to find the open man. There is no doubt about that. And that open man can be a little bit nasty. It's even better.
3: Yeah, I mean, they've played really well as a, a, a team lately. The the Mavericks have. In fact, I saw this note the other day. uh, It was yesterday, I think, from Grant Afseth had it that over the last 20 games, the Mavericks are 10th in defensive rating. So, like, that defense is is starting to come together. It's starting to gel. The offense is working together. When you can get everybody healthy, like when Derek Lively's in the lineup, when Kyrie and Luke are able to play off of each other, if you're getting any sort of a contribution at all from Grant Williams— like they they've built a a core and a rotation that's playing well with each other, that's complementary, that's you know playing well late in games. They're not having the same sort of issues late in games that they did that plagued them so much last year. I mean, you're still having trouble getting shots off like you did against Cleveland the other night, but in general, they they've played better late in games than they did last year. And so, if you can add another player to that mix, I, I think and everybody would be all for that. Siaka makes thirty eight. Oh.
2: And it looks like he's going to be an unrestricted free agent after this season.
0: That's- Which, and the good news would be, maybe it doesn't cost a lot because of that.
2: Yeah, but who's on the hook after?
0: Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, then then you are on the hook for, you know, signing him or 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 not. If that's the case, if you just want a rental, but. I don't feel like rentals really happen as much in the NBA as they may in other sports. Fort Worth
2: explosion that took over the news yesterday.
0: Yeah. Sandman Hotel uh, right downtown. It's, it's, that's scary, man. Like, that's a busy area, especially, you know, late in the afternoon. You got a lot of, like, people going in there for getting out of work, going to happy hour, going to dinner, whatever. That is a really busy spot. Uh, And that's scary. And that, that thing looked like it was carnage down there. The explosion you had initially was 10 people were injured. They spoke on the on the news last night, and they had the, the public information officers down there saying it was over twenty. One was in critical condition, a couple were in serious condition, and then the rest were treated for injuries at a local hospital, JPS, and then and they were able to you know get out of there. But that's
2: yeah, I, I terrifying. Man, you can just be walking by on the street somewhere, blow it up, and a gas explosion. Well, yeah. that's
3: why when you look at it, and like I mean, if they say. 10 injured or 20 injured like when you look at the the images look from at ryan it,
2: Look at Ryan with the images i know and look footage.
3: when you see the images of that like like what that says is okay well, does that mean there was only 20 people in the area because it's hard to believe anybody would have gotten away from that without getting hurt it looked yeah. really bad it looked
0: really bad i mean because like that that's a that's a working
3: hotel like is, people in the lobby dude this is my biggest fear about being around like the gas houses house? and stuff like that i like that's i'm just why
2: you won't get a house
3: yeah, that's why. That's, it, it. Th- that's mainly why. It's about protecting my family, Sean. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's I I, I want to make sure they're good. There was that video that went viral uh, a couple months ago where the guy had the uh, the guy had FBI at his door or whatever, and they were trying to break in. and He just like lit a match or whatever, and that house exploded. because Oh yeah, because of the leading Virginia. Gas line. I think. Yeah, is that that's my biggest fear is that that's well, just you, gonna happen when you're sleeping in in a house with a gas line. Yeah, it's, it's just.
2: Did they ever get follow up on that? that? That the
0: guy was shooting out the.
3: He was shooting flares. And uh,
0: I don't know if he turned the gas on in the house and then shot the flares up to purposely blow it up. I we I, I don't know. I didn't follow up on that. But, yeah, that was the talk, The story that they were shooting flares. There was follow-up with this airplane door that apparently was oh, found. Oh, Robert, this is just for you, man. Mm. The Alaska Airlines flight where they reported that the exit door blew out. That was not an exit door.
3: What was it, a rear quarter panel? No.
0: It's called... so. I just I, I texted my uh pilot buddy who works for Alaska Airlines. Oh! And I said, oh, Dude, I hope you weren't flying that thing. He now, And I was like, that's one of my un- my my hidden fears is that the exit door is just gonna open. And he goes, I got bad news for you that wasn't an exit door. He goes, You wouldn't even know you were sitting next to that door if you're inside the plane. Hmm. The paneling covers it. If you look at the outside of the plane, right behind the wing, there's this door. It looks like it's an exit door, but it's not. It's called a plug door. It's just for maintenance purposes. I know what that is. Right. It's just from, like, maintenance so they can get inside the aircraft. It's not supposed to open. It does not work. The public cannot open that door. The, the flight attendants cannot open that door. Like, maintenance opens that door. So, and he's like, the fact that the FAA didn't ground the planes, Alaska did. Alaska's like, all right, it kind of means that we know what happened here. Or something happened. But now they've gone and grounded all these max whatever 900 planes. Dude. Which this- I think we were on heading
3: out to Vegas. We were. We were. Because and then it I changed I, it because it's I, not anymore. I, I don't I don't like riding on the Max. I, I always make sure to look and see what plane I'm on. I uh I'm known on the Cowboys charter for and you guys have seen it. I will turn on my uh stopwatch and I will roll it for three minutes on takeoff. As soon as the wheels come off the ground. Three minutes, because statistically, you are most likely to have an accident three minutes after takeoff. It's within the first three minutes. So as soon as three minutes passes, I feel safe. Feel safe. Maybe I'll put on a three-minute song so I know by the time the song ends, I'm like, okay, we're safe now, at least until landing. Which, man, we had a hard landing in Baltimore. That was, I'll show you the video during the break. That was like, it sounded like a. Dodging the bodies. Oh, my gosh. We we were at 400 feet, 500 feet elevation, and we still couldn't see the ground because there was so much fog and, like, clouds hanging down.
0: So they, now they they don't know what, but the the scary, the scary thing, like the photos, the imaging of this, I mean, they're at 16,000 feet. You're beyond pressurization there. Like, and, and you can't breathe. So the masks come down and. Oh, we
2: know how you feel about those. (laughs) <laughs> right,
0: uh, I'll put that mask on, Sean. Okay, I'll put that one on. Uh, but uh, even on the plane, really... RJ be like, "You p words, you yeah. don't be putting Just breathe, it. okay? You're, you're, your... you're sitting down by yourself. Why you wearing one?
2: You sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones joins us live next on the fan. It is now time. For the Jerry Jones Show brought to you by Ford, built for Texas, built for you on your home of America's team with Sean Sharif, R.J. Choppy, and our Cowboys insider Bobby Belt. By the way, the Cowboys are asking for a whiteout. They want a whiteout for Sunday
0: against the Green Bay Packers. The Miami Heat of the NBA, of the NFL. give it the whiteout. Well, hopefully we have fans actually show up. (laughs) Unlike (laughs) that disgraceful...
2: That disgraceful Buffalo Bill invasion uh, where Bill's Mafia took over Miami. And then when you look at Miami Heat games, it's just shirts and jerseys filling up the seats instead of actual people.
0: Yeah, they're there. They're in the club. They're in the club underneath the stadium. Let's bring in the Hall
2: of Fame owner and general manager of your Dallas Cowboys. He's Jerry Jones here on Sean, RJ, and Bobby 105.3 The Fan. Good morning, Jerry. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, Sean, R.J., Bobby. This is the most wonderful day of my life until tomorrow. (laughs) And won't that be a deli? (laughs) Well, look, man, we want to... And that's the way uh, you're supposed to get up and hit the shower in the morning. But, man, I feel like that this week.
2: Have you always been this optimistic, like, even before you you hit it big and had your business success or NFL success? Were you always, like, just always an optimistic person, even in your high school,
1: college days? I had a guy that had, uh, uh, I just hung on every word. He was relatively young. He owned 400 Howard Johnson's restaurants. Ooh. And every time he would uh, have a coffee with me, I'd be there with bells on. I just hung on every word. I asked him one day, where do you find all the chefs for all these Howard Johnson restaurants? There, you got to have several of them and you got 400 of them. Where do they come from? And he said, "Well, you know I really don't, Jerry, find chefs." But said, so "Let me give you a little tip. If it's supposed to be cold, make it so cold that it burns your mouth like hot ice. If it's supposed to be hot, burn the hell out of the roof of their mouth. Make it so hot. Intensity covers up a lot of the frailties of the talent of cooking." The same thing holds true when you're not cooking and doing a bunch of other things. Intensity is what it's about. Well, enthusiasm is intensity, and you bet you have to work to get enthusiastic.
2: Wow. Good answer. That coffee thing sounds like a lawsuit, though, to me. Uh, <laughs>
0: not very McDonald's. Now,
2: Jerry, we I, we just want to start off congratulating you. Like we are on a high this entire week. Uh, we didn't think that the, the division was actually going to get done until that Philadelphia, that marvelous Philadelphia collapse. So you're sitting here winning the NFC East, the number two seed. Uh, not really a question to go along with it, but congratulations, because I think all the DFW is on a tremendous high.
1: Well, I'm excited for all of the fans in in, uh, DFW, and I'm excited for all the fans all over the country. Uh, uh, This team has uh, uh, really hung in there. Uh, We have uh, uh, gone through what is known as a marathon. This is not a sprint. Uh, You start a season off, you've got 17 games to go. Uh, You know, that used to be uh, almost two college seasons. You had ten games in a college season. Uh, That meant that some of the people start off as sophomores, and by the time they're at the last game, there'd be juniors because we play that many games. So it's a long journey, uh, and uh, you have to see where you are when you're, uh, of course, at the end. We have pushed this thing up here uh, in about as good a shape as I could have ever imagined or drawn up. Uh, It's important to be healthy as you can possibly be when you get to the end and get in the playoffs. I don't know when we've been any healthier, all the way across the board, certainly our key players, uh, but uh, the entire team would get a big A-plus for health. Uh, Secondly, I'd like for this bunch to have been shot at in their foxhole and hit a little bit. (laughs) You don't want to go into, into a rough situation with nobody that's ever felt a little uh, a little angst or a little uh, fear or all of the things that go with it. This bunch has been shot at and hit, uh, and so that's good. And then not only that, we were uh, instituting a change in what we were doing as a team, really on both sides of the ball, and to digest that change and to go from there to uh, getting it and executing it at a high level like we are right now is real impressive. Yeah. And I think that uh, the last couple of games that we've, uh, on, in all phases, have played as well as we've uh, played all year. There's going to always be some plays you want to take back. Uh, but to make those big plays and make them at the right time Uh, have the players that should be making the big plays, making them at the right time. Uh, All of that feels like uh, uh, your plan worked to a certain degree. But to to be where we are right now is uh, uh, too much to ask for, really, when we were at training camp.
2: Jerry Jones here on the fan. That's what I was going to ask you. How different is this team today that finished the regular season from the one that you thought you had drawn up at training camp?
1: Well, they're daylight and dark. Uh, First of all, they've had uh, small lifetimes, to be dramatic, norm wave a little bit. Uh, But, boy, they've gone through on an individual basis. Some of them have gone through minor or really significant injury. Uh, Some of them have been on IR. Uh, Some of them have uh, 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 not only had uh, uh, their game challenged a little bit or their own performance challenged a little bit, uh, most have had ups and downs throughout the year. Uh, if there's anything that football is about, period, if it, if it contributes anything to our country, uh, it's the people that play it from the standpoint of playing it is that without the high price of major conflict, if you will, you get to get involved and you get knocked down. And I mean, you do get your nose budded. And uh, you do get up. Everybody wants to quit. Everybody wants to quit, not without exception. And to put yourself into that and push up against unnatural things, and I sound dramatic, but it's not natural to get in front of 300 pounds. You want to get out from in front of it. (laughs) So you have to call on yourself to be unnatural. And execute on that kind of basis and at the same time be skilled. To me, that's what you have seen with this team go before your eyes and evolve, and that's what we're taking to the field in the playoffs. Now, the other teams have had a measure of that as well, and uh, that's why the competition is as high as it is right now.
0: Jerry Jones, us here, 105 through the fan. You know, we've talked in this room off air uh, and on air, reminiscent about. That 0-7 team and the missed opportunity that it was it was a great chance to make the NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl. Do you view this as like a similarity with that team, and and in the case that it's hey, this is this is a great chance to make the NFC Championship game for the first time since we won the Super Bowl.
1: Well, uh, I've had a chance to uh, uh, be involved in three Super Bowls and uh, know how we got there, and uh, we did it with. Uh, Uh, some of the very same players, but we added a few players. Uh, The difference in uh, the second Super Bowl that we were a part of back in 92 uh, was uh, Deion Sanders. He came on board. He made a little difference. Larry Allen made a little difference. He wasn't on board for the first two Super Bowls. Uh, Actually, at their positions, they're the greatest players to date that have played in the NFL. And so we did add some talent for that third Super Bowl. Uh, but my point is, this team and how we have arrived here. Uh, this team has some outstanding players. Uh, do they have rare players? We've got some rare players. We do. Uh, do we have a big challenge uh, ahead of us to uh, play some other teams in this day and time? You didn't have salary caps back then, uh, and you had a more continui- you had more continuity on your rosters back then. Uh, but uh, like I told you, I wouldn't dare try to redo this thing on a, g- a gimme if you told me I could and try to get here any better. I just wouldn't try.
3: Jerry, you know, you guys are, are, are entering the playoffs pretty healthy. There are a couple of questions. Obviously, Tyler Smith missed the last game with that torn plantar fascia. And then at the end of the game, we saw in the second half, Stefan Gilmore have the shoulder issue. Uh, how do you feel about their availability heading into this game against the Packers, Tyler Smith and Stefan Gilmore?
1: much as I understand plantar fascia's uh, injury, uh, I'm told that if it tears, then that means a much quicker uh, recovery and get back to form, and uh, that's the case with him. Now, as far as somebody that mentally has the capability to play with a recent injury or play with some uh, pain, uh, he's type A. He's one of the best you can have. He's highly intelligent. He understands completely the nature of his injury, and he understands how to play through it. So uh, I'm really optimistic that we'll see Tyler back, uh, and it did completely tear as opposed to partially tear, which does create own lingering serious pain. And uh, we've seen all of that, but uh, his is the kind and the result that you want to have if you have that injury. Uh, I personally think he'll be back playing.
2: And is it realistic to think that Gilmore can go out there and be what he's been for you guys throughout the season after
1: an injury like that? Well, I don't know. I know that it could have been worse, and uh, uh, we all know what he means to us. And so, uh, uh, is it a uh, uh, is it a realistic chance uh, to count on him? And we get ready to get the team ready to go this week. The answer is yes. Yes, we'll we'll count on him. We'll have him out there. He probably will have limited practices, uh, but uh, all of the professional people we have that have dealt with these kinds of injuries ad nauseum uh, say that uh, you can count on him, go easy on him all week long, but uh, he could very easily be what you want there game day.
2: Jerry Jones on the Home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan, every Tuesday at this time, Give us a little uh, Packer preview. How much recent homework have you done on these guys? And what do you think about this version of a team you're familiar with in the playoffs?
1: Well, uh, they're, young, they're the young, youngest team in the NFL. And I am impressed with their quarterback. And he's uh, uh, been through their system. And uh, they had a plan for him from the day they drafted him. And uh, he's got a lot of skills. And uh, he's playing really well. Uh, and they're a young team. They are very talented uh, uh, with their receiving group. And so uh, 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 they're a playoff team, and they've earned it the hard way, and they've uh, done uh, what you want to do if you're a playoff team, and they've uh, gotten better than they were when they started the year. They've evolved into a much better team. They've played themselves into a much better team which is the definition of a successful season.
0: Jerry, do you expect there to be a lot of Packer fans in the building or are you taking any precautions, and can you take any precautions of keeping those nasty people from Wisconsin out?
1: Well, I really am thinking those nasty people are going to try to mess up our all-white presentation that we're trying to make out there. But let me tell you, Green Bay Packer fans, they travel big time. And uh, they've got one of the greatest fan bases uh, in sport. And uh, I just uh, – uh, they're one of the inspirations that made me want to get involved on a daily basis in my life in the NFL. And football is the Green Bay Packer of, of aura. And so uh, they bring all the tradition in the world. And it just – since we don't get to play them uh, twice a year as a division opponent, it just seems like that when you say the Green Bay Packers, they bring a, uh, a, a traditional celebratory feeling to this ball game. So uh, uh, again, I'm I'm doing some exciting uh, arm waving here today. But to play the Green Bay Packers, they're certainly one of the great uh, institutions of our league. But Jerry, sport. That-
2: Yes, that's never really bugged you, though, right? There's going to be a lot of cheeseheads that show up. You haven't, you haven't said, all right, we got to figure out a way to, to try to keep them out from a zip code or ticketing standpoint. That's not really, that's never really
1: bugged you, right? Well, I've tried to ban them, <laughs> and didn't get very far there. And I've raised, tried to figure out which ticket they wanted and raised that out of sight, and they won't let me do that. But other than that, no, I just uh, <laughs> take it as it comes. <laughs>
3: all right, jerry uh there there's been several reports over the last twenty four hours that uh, you know the Panthers, chargers, commanders, they've all reached out and, and asked for permission to interview Dan Quinn, your defensive coordinator. are Are you confident that you're going to be able to keep him around for a a third hiring cycle in a row?
1: Well, let me put it like this. Uh, uh, we've had uh, several uh, of our coaches. Uh, we've had several notices we don't have to give permission anymore under the most circumstances but we've had several of our coaches already receive letters of request uh that's what happens when you have success is uh, your coaches uh, uh, become available for elevations and and opportunities and uh, uh it happens throughout your organization and so uh, that's just part of it and uh Uh, The league is built so that it promotes advancement of of, of coaches and and, uh, basically uh, executives that have uh, been a part of a successful uh, team.
3: And Jerry, same sort of thing. Uh, Albert Breer reported just uh, within the last hour that uh, Will McClay has also generated a lot of interest, and and that you know Carolina is interested in talking to him. So is Washington. Uh, same sort of question. Do you do you have confidence that that Will McClay is, is comfortable here in Dallas, and you won't have to you know fight with any other teams for him?
1: I, I uh, uh, will really say to you, without trying to be evasive in any way, we have had over. Uh, a handful, and by the time the day is over, we may have three handfuls of requests to talk. And so um, uh, uh, Will definitely is uh, one of the ones that uh, get talked to, but we'll have as many as 15 or 20 before we're through. Jerry Jones here. very common nowadays because of the turnover that you have around the NFL. But uh, you can't uh, in any way be discouraged by that. And, as a matter of fact, you might even want to encourage that because that creates a a real opportunity for uh, somebody to come in and advance their careers by joining you when you have a vacancy. And we'll probably have several vacancies this year.
2: Jerry, I have a general question about that, just to try to keep diving inside your business mind to steal some of the success one day. Uh, Because I remember being in the car the two times that it was announced that Dan Quinn was staying. But just in general – when talking someone into returning, is that like a does is that a challenge that gets you revved up? Do you have a special strategy to it because you somehow manage to pull it off way more often than not, or does it usually just come down to who writes the biggest check at the end of the day?
1: Well, uh, you've got to have some logic behind why maybe uh, another year or two uh, would uh, change the scene for him and have a better. Uh, a better situation and better opportunities. So it's a combination of those things because if they were looking at a situation that would improve their finances, then that's something you have to t- uh, talk about and should talk about as well. But uh, uh, certainly that's uh, uh, that's a, a part of it is uh, uh, if uh, you uh, do uh, uh, b- want to keep somebody, then you have the ability to uh, uh, counter and, uh, uh, you know, counter it. But here's the thing that I want to make sure is the. Uh, I had a guy one time tell me, I went to see him about Exxon giving a, a contribution, a political contribution, for Bill Clinton of all people. And the guy, I said, I know uh, he's returning for governor and you'll want to contribute to it, Exxon. And he said, Jerry said, uh, you know, uh, governors, senators, come and go. Exxon's infinity. We're going to give you, little governor, some money. Exxon's infinity. So the facts are that I will say, including yours truly, the NFL is infinity relative to a story like that. And in a sense, the Cowboys are too. And all of us that get to be a part of this thing uh, come and go. And so, yeah, we've got to put it together, and we value our relationship with everybody that's associated with. Uh, But as it would turn out right now, I can really use the word thousands that I've been associated with and paid a check to with the Dallas Cowboys.
2: Well said. We'll finish up with this, Jerry. Uh, We know you were asked about the reports about – You know, uh, Coach McCarthy status and all that. And your statement after the Washington game at the end, we'll see how each game goes. Seemed like it was leaving a door open for possibilities. Is there anything you would like to clarify, confirm, follow up when it comes to being asked about Coach McCarthy's status?
1: Well, I was a little uh, surprised. I don't know how I could be any clearer. Uh, uh, Coach McCarthy's under contract for next year. And so that's not an issue. Uh, Secondly, I couldn't be more pleased with what he's done and how he's coached. Now, apart from sitting down and going over the daily receipts and going over the detail of everything we do out there, I don't know how you can answer a question any different than that. I certainly haven't sat down here right in the middle of the playoffs and started talking to him about something like a contract or something like that. Why would you do that? This is where he needs to have. He, by the way, is the busiest cat in all of Texas. Now, you're talking about a one-armed paper hanger being busy. He is that. Yeah. And so the last thing that I want to do is spend any time talking with him about these kinds of things, on agreements, extension of agreements, especially when I've got one. Yes. So that's it. And I'm so uh, I've said I couldn't be more pleased with what he's done, and I really mean it. He has he has really made a, as big a difference from his head coaching vantage point as uh, anybody could from any vantage point in the NFL. He's the big difference this year,
2: Jerry. I think our interpretation didn't uh, come from expecting an extension. I think we took the we'll see how each game goes. As well, maybe. He could be not with the Cowboys anymore if the playoffs don't go right. That's how most of the media interpreted or spun it.
1: Well, I'm so sorry <laughs> that media uh, might interpret <laughs> what I say differently. That's that's rare. I don't have that happen very often. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all really think I'm going to discuss this <laughs> damn press conference?
2: <laughs> well, we, we had we had to ask you about it.
1: <laughs> All
2: right, guys. Thank you, Jerry. We appreciate it. Best of luck on Sunday. Thank you,
1: man. Thank you. Let's have a great day.
2: Yes, sir. Jerry Jones, brought to you by Ford, built for Texas, built for you. And I think I heard a hand slap on the table at the end. (laughs) Woo! All right. (laughs) Let's react to that and much, much more next on 105.3 The Fan. Please have RJ have this commercial.